in the backwoods of America. We have climbed the highest mountains, searched the densest forest, dragged the swamps, and scoured the prairies to find our leader, retired U.S. Marine gunny, Bud Cornwell. Every once in a while, you get to meet someone in this new generation that is fighting for America. And our guest today is one of those great patriots. He is, yeah, stand by when I say this, he's 20 years old, but it gets a lot better. His name is Dominic Lombardi. So before I start and continue this, I got to ask a question because I'm a huge Green Bay Packer fans. Are you related to Vince Lombardi? Well, maybe because you're a big Green Bay Packers fan, I should say yes, bud. But I, I actually don't know. I'll have to get back to you on that. Sure. We Absolutely. Are a big, we're a big football family in this house. We were watching the games this weekend, and it is awfully nice to uh, say we have a trophy named after us. But I must say that uh, we don't really have too many people in our family that have played football, but my uncle is one of them, and he was, he is from New Jersey. He played football in a all-state uh, – he was on an all-state champion team. So I don't know that we're related to him, but we certainly have a little football DNA in us. Awesome. That's great. That is absolutely great. So here's the good news. This young man is stepping up. What I mean by stepping up is it's called action. It's actually doing something to save our country. And what he is doing, he is running for the chair of the GOP in your county, I'm assuming, right? And it's just amazing that you guys get it. And it's a shock to me. My son gets it. My daughter is off in left field somewhere. So, <laughs> but glad to have you on the show. Tell us a little bit about you, uh, your why. This is the, you know, this is the biggest questions, especially those in my generation, the baby boomers. Why are you uh, doing this? Why are you being part? of saving our country. Sure. Well, first of all, Bud, I'd like to thank you for having me on the show. And I'd also like to thank you for your service to our country, because while we all may be patriots, I think you're one level above us joining the Marine Corps and putting your uh, your action really into action. Uh, and thank you for that. Nation. And that means a lot to me. And uh, the military, my, my best friend is in the National Guard. And so military service is a very uh, held very high in our household and in our community up here in Orange, Connecticut. My name for uh, is Dominic Lombardi, as you just said. I'm 20 years old. I'm from the state of Connecticut. Many of your viewers probably would say, how on earth are you conservative? And yes, I am quite the anomaly. But I think mm -hmm. it is when you look at what's going on today, bud, in this country, and you know, because you're a baby boomer, so... You, you, you're very knowledgeable as to the history of this country. I don't see how you can't be a conservative because it's not really Republican versus Democrat anymore. Right. 
This is common sense versus radical extremism. Absolutely. And that is something that that I don't think should the matter what party you're in. Okay, I have Democrats who come up to me in this town. Uh, we are a very fairly conservative town, despite being in such a liberal state. One of the reasons why is because our leadership in this community per, uh, strides itself on straightforward economic, conservative economic leadership. So we've done a really good job at keeping Orange, Connecticut red because of our, our ability to show the people what straightforward conservative leadership produces. But of many other communities in our surrounding towns are very liberal. And it's scary to see how blue it is around you. And before we came on the show, you and I had an opportunity to talk. And I told you that, you know, being in a blue state and being a young conservative, you feel even more alone than say if I was in a red state. And it's, and, and some days it's hard, but I look at people like President Trump and I look at people like Jim Jordan and, and many of the great fighters in our country right now. One of your legislatures, Tommy Tuberville, who I Absolutely. believe you have on your show. I've met Tommy. Yeah. He's a great fighter, another big football fan. They are doing things for our country and making sacrifices for our country. And you look at what these people have to endure and so I view what I'm doing in my town as just giving back a little bit and helping a little bit to the people who are giving and helping so much to save this country. Because, bud, we need to save this country. Well, the thing about it, young man, is this, is you are going to catch so much heat personally. This is just how the leftist works. They they want to shut us up. They don't want to hear from us. If you're on any media platform, you're going to draw all of these negative American uh, citizens that hate this country. Mm -hmm. And you, you, we've got to be prepared for that. I, I get it all the time. But we have to look at the big picture. And, and the big picture is this. You're either for the American citizen that lives in this country or you're for the government and the elitist. That's that's the true battle. The, yeah. the problem is that we have so many people in the government that are claimed Marxists. There are people that actually didn't come from this country, they're trying to force their country values into our own country. And their legislative and executive leaders that are, are that are in this country. And it's just it's it's an insanity that is very difficult, which caused me personally to start a podcast in 2020 because I started realizing the true impact of, you know, what the communist people are actually doing. And, you know, this was before uh, the election. This was August of 2020. Mm -hmm. And I started realizing, and I got to thinking, 
if Donald Trump doesn't get reelected, then we have a, a huge, huge problem. And what that problem is, is the globalists and the elitists are running this. Now, like a lot of us, this can turn around. This can get back. And it has to go from the bottom up. Mm -hmm. Already been proven. We have some great leaders on the top side, the legislative side, but there's not enough of them. We've got to get together and, and actually vote in people into local, state, and federal positions mm -hmm. to be able to, to do that. And when, which I'm hoping it will happen, you become the chair of your party in Connecticut, that, that's the focus that you got to have. Mm -hmm. Is you gotta you gotta focus on getting more people involved in in your local and state and and then eventually federal process. Because if we don't do this, this country's gone. It's it's that simple. We the people, remember? Mm -hmm. So uh tell us how how did you get involved? Why are you even trying to be the chair for the GOP? So I'm running to, I actually haven't formally announced yet. I, I intend to wait until after the election. But my plan is to, uh, I'm in the planning stages right now to announce a run for chairman of the Orange Connecticut Republican Party. This is something that I've always wanted to do. And quite frankly, I just had to wait to be a little older. <laughs> uh, because okay. when, I, when I first entered the party at 15, I don't think too many people would have put me up there. But in five years, I proved that your age does not matter in terms of leadership. It's the opinions that you have. It's the, your ability to lead the content of your character. And you need to show your community that you can be a leader. And part of being a leader within the Republican Party is accepting that we are a divided party right now. And you touched upon this, but we have... The GOP establishment, which I have people in my local party that align more with those center-right values, and then we have the more conservative, MAGA-principled conservatives. And I'm friends with many of them. And one of the things that I try to do is to always bridge that gap, because I believe that consensus is necessary in forming a pathway forward. And like you said, this needs to happen from the bottom up. So I got involved in politics really when I was in kindergarten, believe it or not. I've always been quite the political junkie. My father was into politics. And I remember him telling me a story about the year of 2008. I was in kindergarten and I was watching the returns right in the other room on my couch. Mm -hmm. And my dad was astonished when he came home from work and he saw me sitting there with my arms crossed and, you know, sitting there rather miffed. And he said, Dominic, what's the problem? And I said, you know what the problem is. And he said, what? I said, Obama got elected. And he said, <laughs> and he said Dominic, you're, and you're, in in you're in kindergarten. What does that yep. mean to you? And I said, he's going to take away our rights. And my dad literally dropped his briefcase. And, and But no, I don't know if I just came out of the womb as an old soul. Many people have said that. 
But I've always found politics to be interesting because I've always believed in helping people. And I, I saw what President Trump did and what many other conservatives in our movement do. They help people. And I always want to help people. So I got involved and I've always been a conservative from the beginning too. And just, and I have some cousins who they um, are a little misguided. And, but I, I tend to believe, Bud, that I'm, I'm an optimist. Uh, I always remember Rush Limbaugh, God rest his soul. Yeah. And he always said, the minute it's over is when we give up. Yeah, absolutely. I don't intend on giving up because uh, I don't mean to uh, make fun of you here, but you're a little older than me. Um, and you lived a beautiful <laughs> life, I'm sure. Absolutely. And intend, Wonderful. And I intend on being able to live out a full life and raising children in this country. So for me, I, I, I tend to look at bad situations a lot like people look at the stock market. When it, it's not a bad time to invest when there's a downturn because there, eventually there's going to be an uptick. So I, I, I think where there's great risk, there's great reward. And that's why I'm getting involved. Well, the thing about what you just said is, is absolutely true. I grew up in a, a small town in Louisiana. You know, nature was our, was our playground. Mm -hmm. You know, hunting, fishing, just getting in trouble, doing things, you know, in nature. And what we're seeing today is full out control, mind controlling of the citizens towards this utopia mindset thinking that if if the government was in charge of provided everything everybody would be happy you'd have this kumbaya togetherness that will never ever happen because we're human beings and by default we have you know issues with each other you know we have feelings we have controversy we have drama and that's all part of life but it always gets solved a lot better by free people where people can have debates and you know conversations and you know reason speaking to each other mm -hmm. to solve problems the issue is the biggest issue that we're dealing with is we're dealing with a society that has been collapsed with freedom of speech, with the ability to say what's in their hearts and their minds. And that's what these Marxist, communist-type mentality people develop. Mm -hmm. And as, as you progress in this political world, you're going to be more injected into the magnitude of what's going on mm -hmm. and uh but here's the thing and, and i believe this just talking with you today that you have to have it in your heart in other words you have to have freedom in your heart and that's the number one thing and that's what donald trump keeps saying i'm fighting for you to mm -hmm. be free be released from this tyranny of this big time money and stuff in the federal government. But where does it start? It starts with us 
together in the local places to to start doing that. So uh, I'm going to add this and and let you continue on, but I'm part of the Convention of States, part Mm -hmm. of it for 10 years. I was the state director for Arkansas when it was passed. So go check out the Convention of States, and you're going to see there is a way other than just local where the states can come together and make some big changes and hold this federal government responsible. But in the meantime, thank you for what you're doing. Now, before we get ready to take a break, what is is in your mind if you get this chair position? Mm-hmm. Right? What what are the big things? What is the the issues that are, you know, eating you up because this is what you're going to bring into the platform uh, to help people understand, you know, what's going on. Sure. Well, I want to touch upon something that you said. Our country has lost its way. And I think that everyone could agree on that, both liberal and conservative, by the way. But I think that starts with the education system. And I think that's why you're seeing so many kids my age revolt against the Republican Party. And I know because I'm a product of it, except I have two wonderful parents and a very tight family who have showed me the problems associated with liberalism. And I also have studied history. And if you study history, I believe it was Winston Churchill who once said, the farther back you look, the farther forward you will see. Yeah. And this is not the first time something like this has happened. Ronald Reagan believed that we, we the people, have a unique constitution because it, our constitution is the only one in the world that gives we, the people, the ability to tell the government what to do. And the schools don't really teach that. I've, we, on the local level here in Orange, we've witnessed some fights with the current education system in the last year or two with a major budget referendum because they were they wanted to allocate money in their budget for a diversity, equity, and inclusion officer. And it failed the budget three times because of a movement that was led in our town, which I was a part of. And we ended up getting the DEI officer not funded by the budget. They did get some state grant, I believe, to allow it to pass. But what we need to do, and one of my priorities, Bud, when elected chairman, which I do believe will happen, is we need to get the young people involved. And what we need to do as a Republican Party, and this just doesn't go in Orange, Connecticut. This goes throughout the entire United States of America. We need to get the Republican Party to align with young people. We need to get youth in the party. And that's one of my main initiatives. And when I become chairman, I intend on establishing a first of its kind in my party, a Republican Youth Advisory Council, because I believe that young people often feel overlooked. I know because I'm one of them. They often feel like, oh, you're 20 years old, you're 18 years old. You don't know what you're talking about. Yep, absolutely. So I want to give these people a seat at the table. And my friend in New Jersey, Elizabeth Nader, she runs an organization over there, along with some other great folks like Bill Spadia. 
they uh, they run both the Common Sense Club and the A Seat at the Table Conference. And that gives young people a seat at the table. So I want to do something here in Orange, Connecticut, with this Republican Youth Advisory Council to give young conservatives a seat at the table. Because I feel like if they feel as though that their opinions matter and that what they say is going to translate into action, I feel like that will give young people the ability to speak up and get involved. And also, I was in the school system. I am a junior in college right now. I go to Fairfield University, a Jesuit institution. But I went to the public schools. And when I was young and I first started our town committee, I was just a regular committeeman. They asked me at a meeting, Dominic, you're so young, you're here. Why are you the only one? And I said, it's very simple. And they all looked at me like, this kid knows the answer, he's 15 years old. And I said, it's very simple. The Democrat party has a well-funded, well-established organization that is that attracts and promotes the ideals and the values of the Democrat party. And they dropped their mouths to the floor. What, what is it? And I said, the public education system. And I'm not talking about the teachers. We have great teachers in this country. Many of my friends are teachers. Many of my actual teachers were conservative and, are, and they've shaped me into the man I am and I'd be nothing without them. I love teachers. I think many of them are undervalued personally, but it's these unions ran by these national liberal ideologues. You look at the yeah. president of the American Teachers Union, she makes Karl Marx look center. Okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. And these are the people because children at a young age, but they don't know, okay? They don't know what's right and what's wrong. Liberalism sounds like a wonderful thing on paper, but in sure. reality, it's devastating. You look at Chicago, you look at New York, even look at New Haven, Connecticut. Looks like a third world country. Yeah. And, but these kids are taught that liberalism is a wonderful thing. And, and, and many of the ideals of liberalism sound wonderful. But in reality, when you wake up and get the, throw, the cold water thrown on your face, you wake up and smell the coffee, okay? That's when we realize that liberalism is not great. But the, 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 the education system is promoting this. So this is going to be one of my main tenets. And one of the most important things... I don't know if this is going to get out before the recent, uh, the upcoming elections, but, but if it does, I encourage everyone who's listening to this, please get involved in your local elections. The presidential election is very important. I intend on getting involved in it. I actually am going to be meeting with one of the president's senior advisors to get involved in his campaign, President Trump. But get involved in your local election because Donald Trump has no say over the orange elementary school system. But you know who does? The chairman of the board of education. And in Absolutely. the Republican town committee, we are prioritizing our board of education seats. And I wanna share one thing briefly. I, I know you wanna to get to the break. My mother is a wonderful woman, God love her. She is one of the greatest people. She, she is from New Jersey. She was a graduate of the public schools. She went to Southern Connecticut State University. And she is the best mother in the world, supports me and my brother and everything. And having a strong set of parents is very important. But I said to my mom, mom, we're running low on people. We don't have people that want to run for board of education. And she said, you know what, Dominic? 
I'm not a political person. She's conservative, but she just doesn't get involved like me. It's a lot. She said, but I want to run. And so my mom is running for local, the high school awesome. board of education. And so if my mom could do it, someone who's apolitical, but who cares yep. about her children, if there's any mothers, grandmothers, aunts, even fathers and grandfathers or uncles, if you want to protect your children, if you want to, if you want to make sure that people like me are able to have a good future, get up and get involved. Because complaining about it and listening to the mainstream media complain about it is going to solve nothing. Absolutely. So, yeah, we're going to take a break. Dominic, when we get back, this is what I want to talk about is judges, the election of judges, because this is becoming very huge in this country, how uh, judges, uh, attorney generals are being elected. They're not being elected by the people. They're being elected by elitists with lots of money. So don't go away. We'll be right back. American girls and American guys will always stand up and salute. We'll always recognize when we see old glory flying. There's a lot of men dead. So we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. My daddy served in the army where he lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard till the day that he died. He wanted my mother, my brother, my sister, and me to grow up and live happy in the land of the free. Now this nation that I love is falling under attack. A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back. Soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye, man, we lit up your world like the 4th of July. Hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list. And the Statue of Liberty started shaking her fist. And an eagle will fly, and it's gonna be here. When you hear Mother Freedom start ringing her bell And it'll feel like the whole wide world is raining down on you All brought to you courtesy of the red, white, and blue This big dog will fight when you rattle his cage And you'll be sorry that you mess with the U.S. of A Cause we'll put a boot in your ass, it's the American way Hey Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list And a statue of liberty started shaking her fist And the eagle will fly and it's gonna be hell When you hear Mother Freedom start ringing her bell And it'll feel like the whole wide world is raining down on you I'll brought to you courtesy 
Welcome back, Patriots. This is the Gunny. You're on the Patriot Cause. Got a young individual, very young, but a very great patriot of America. Dominic Lombardi is on the show today, and we're talking about him running for the v, uh, the chair of the GOP in Connecticut, Orange, Connecticut, which is absolutely amazing. It, it, it's, I'm ecstatic when I, when I meet young individuals like this, it gives us hope to understand that we can turn this country back around. We have to do it as people in this country. So welcome back, Dominic. Glad to have you. Thank you, bud. It's been a pleasure. So some of the problems, I think major problems that we have is not necessarily in the big federal government. There's, you know, tons of that, but it's also in our states, in our districts of judges and attorney generals, where they, in my mind, have thrown out the Constitution. They're being directed by this Marxist communist attitude of, of changing this country. For instance, no bail no bonds, those kind of things. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous mm-hmm. where you have people in our country that commit crimes. An example, this one person was arrested 27 times and then released, committed two murders, was captured, brought back, and released again and committed more murders. It's it's just insanity, but that's what is going on where these uh, judges are not using the Constitution to protect American citizens, mm-hmm. and that's huge. And I think that the GOP leadership needs to get involved or continuously be involved in getting people to elect the right judges and attorney generals, et cetera. So, what is uh, your take on that? Sure. I never thought that in my lifetime, and nor did anyone in my family, my grandparents are in their 80s. My parents are right now in their 50s, although if my mom listens to this, she's in her 30s, we always say. Uh, and uh, But I don't think anyone ever would have thought that we would have seen a United States president, former or present, sitting in a courtroom with a mugshot. When I saw that picture of his mugshot, that's the first time I think I've ever gotten a little bit pessimistic about saving this country. I mean, here's a man who's been in business for, oh gosh, I would say since he was in his 20s, and he's in his 70s. So 50 years, the man's been in business. And now 
four years after, you know, or four years he was president, three years now later, now all of a sudden, it's it, they just so happen to claim he's overvaluing his assets. I mean, it's disgraceful. I was just at Mar-a-Lago. I was invited by the president to have dinner there. Uh, I was at his recent fundraiser where Larry Elder endorsed him. It's a beautiful establishment. I only saw a couple of rooms. I was there for only about five or six hours. I could tell you right now, bud, that ain't that property is not worth $18 million. You might have to add a couple of zeros on the end of that. <laughs> um, but this is, this is a country. But you know what, bud? I think people often tend to mischaracterize what's going on. I think this is them being scared because they sat by. Joe Biden sat in his basement in 2020. I remember talking with my father and he said, Dominic, why is a man sitting in his basement three days before he's running for president? Because they know they got it. And I said, you know what, Dad, you're right. So to me, now they're trying to get involved in all these different legal ways. And they're trying to prevent the president and other conservatives from getting into office or from doing their job. And so I'm wondering maybe if people are looking at this rightfully as election interference, but also that they're scared, because I think they are. And, and, but nevertheless, regardless of whether or not if they're scared or they are just evil people, this needs to be stopped. And you're 100% right. It starts at the local level. You know, you, you look at Letitia James. She's a district attorney. She's elected by a district in New York. You look at the, um, I'm sorry, Letitia James is the attorney general, uh, but she is elected by the people of the state of New York. You look at the district attorney there, Alvin Bragg. He's the district attorney that's elected by the people. So, you know, Fannie Willis, a district attorney. Uh, Jack Smith a federal prosecutor, but he works in contact with the district attorney. It all starts at the local level. Yep. And so the problem is though, bud, is that the if you take a look at the states or the areas where he's getting prosecuted, and I use President Trump because he's the most obvious example. New York City and in New York, Washington DC and Georgia in the Atlanta area. Those are all very liberal places. So it's going to be hard to change that. But you know what we can do? We could fight fire with fire and do something that the GOP has yet to do in my lifetime, except for President Trump. And that is have a backbone. Where are these conservative yeah. district attorneys? Where are these Republican GOP elected attorney generals? Okay, we have many of them. Why are they? Joe Biden and Hunter Biden are blatantly corrupt. Nancy Pelosi, blatantly corrupt. They're, and the list goes on and on and on. And the Republicans hate to get their nose where it doesn't belong. But the Democrats charge full steam ahead. So I say, yes, it's going to be hard to change the D.C. swamp or the liberal, liberal city of New York. But why don't we step up and fight it as well? 
Because rolling over like mm-hmm. a turtle is only going to allow them to get away with this. And we can't. You know, I mean, the fact that Joe Biden's son, Hunter, got off on a gun charge, which I'm glad he's being charged on something, but my God, there are probably hundreds of more charges he could be brought up that are far more serious. And yet Donald Trump and his children are being put through living hell. It's hell. You know, this is not America. And and it's not even just on the federal level or on the national Hmm. level. You know, we have crime rampant in our community, and we're a conservative community. We live next to some liberal places, though. Well, just this past week, we had a fatality in our town. A, it was a stolen car that got that crashed into a tractor trailer. And one of the kids who was in the stolen car was 14 years old, and he got killed. He was in a stolen car. I mean, this this crime, it stems from the from the bottom up. But you're 100 percent right. We have to do something about this. And it's sad. It's very sad. So think about this. You're optimistic. And so am I. Mike Johnson. Mm-hmm. All right. You're going to say, oh, he's the Speaker of the House, which is good. But let's backtrack. Somewhere during some time, in Louisiana, this person entered into politics mm-hmm. and eventually got elected into a state representative position in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Then eventually got elected into a representative in the federal Congress. Mm-hmm. And now he's the Speaker of the House. So here's the optimistic part of it we can do this. Mm-hmm. This this is a great example of how the Republican Party, the the real Republican Party, and you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. gets people in and gets them injected into uh, the, the swamp in D.C. and can make a change. So th- the bottom line is anybody with the right values for America. And as long as you have the heart and the gumption and the drive, we can bring our country back. Mike Johnson is a great example of that. And I'm using you as an example. You could be the next Mike Johnson. That's what we're hoping for. It would be a great honor if that were the case. Mike Johnson is a, I've always been a fan of his much more, uh, much longer than when he was now just a speaker. And I think what I love about Mike Johnson is something that I also embody, which is I do not waver on my principles. There are some in politics, and and I know some of them in the local level, who tend to abandon their principles to get elected. And that's tough because, you know, I live in a very blue state, so you can't be a, you know, a large part of the constituency here does have more liberal, moderate viewpoints. But I think what we have to do is show them that we are the moderates in this situation. I mean, you have a side, the other side, they want to be able to kill babies up until birth, 
and even after birth, they want to they want to have people in our school systems who are teaching kids that there's 72 genders. They want to have they want to have no open borders that are just flowing. And yes, I'm sure there are some people who are decent, hardworking people that come over. But why a country that does not have borders is not a country. And we are dangerously close to that at this point. And there are many people who come over our border, not all, but many people who do not have good intentions for this country and bring things here like fentanyl, which kill many people, not just around the border, but in states like Connecticut too. They want radical economic policy where you have, you work very hard for what you earn and you have to give absurd amounts to the state and we're sending it to the state and to the feds and we're sending more money over to Ukraine and, and to these foreign countries that, that you know, I understand, I, I'm, I, don't get me wrong, I feel horrible for what's going on over there and I feel horrible for what's going on in Israel and I think we should support them. But I also think that we should support Americans first. Absolutely. If we are going to spend money on Ukraine's border, fine. But you damn well better match that on America's border. You know, if we're going to spend money solving humanitarian problems in in countries, then we should clean up our cities and get people in in programs that get them working again instead of on the unemployment lines. You know, so, so... I think when you look at it, and this is what I tell people in my community, yes, I'm a Republican, I'm a conservative, and I'm a proud Republican. I notice in Connecticut, people always look over their shoulders and walk a fine line of conservatism. No, no, no. You go outside of my house, there's an American flag, an Italian flag, and a Trump flag. And there has been for for many years now, and there will be. And I don't waver on my support for Republicans and for conservatives. But what I tell these people who are moderate is, what is moderate in today's day and age? Yep. Look at the Democrat Party, all that I just said. Does that sound moderate to you, bud? Because it should sound moderate yeah. to me. They, the Democrats no longer have anything associated with moderate. We stand for free and fair elections. We yep. stand for free and fair trade. We stand for the people telling the government what to do and not the other way around. So we- let me tell you, let me tell you the difference, what's going on. A lot of people don't understand this, but th- this is what is actually happening on the ground. Mm-hmm. My mother-in-law lives in Mississippi. She's been a Democrat her whole life. She'll be 80 next month. God bless her. Right. Now, however, she voted for Obama the first time. But she didn't vote for him the second time. And she hasn't voted for any Democrat since. Because she said the Democrats used to have the same values as the Republicans. And the majority of Republicans haven't lost that value of the moderate thing. So she has become basically a moderate Republican. 
Mm -hmm. because there's no more room for her in the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. She's not a Republican, and she's she's she doesn't want to become quote a Republican, but she does realize she has to vote for moderate Republicans, which you know agree now agree with the Democrat Party like it was back then. Mm -hmm. That is what is actually happening. Yeah, I agree. You can reach, you can reach Democrats today. Sure, sure. And I and I have in this town, I have a couple of Democrats who have come up to me recently and they said, Dominic, I won't admit this publicly, but I'm voting Republican in this upcoming election on November 7th for the municipal. And I am also voting Republican in the presidential election, no matter who it is. And so I think there is hope. But that being said, right now, our work, we, our party has a lot of work to do. And you brought up something, and we've been discussing about it, you know, surrounding the moderate versus the conservative. One of the things that I've noticed is that we tend to split within our party. You take a look at the Democrats. They are unified. You know why? They don't like each other. Do you really think AOC likes Joe Biden? No. But they are unified on their hatred for us. Yes. And we are not unified on our, and I hate to say hatred because hate is a strong word. Right. But we are not unified In on the opposition. Conservative values, the unification yes. comes from where everybody says we're not going to stand outside of our foundation. Yeah, that's and the that's problem with the conservative. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like in my town, for example, we have a lot of moderates and we have a lot of conservatives. The conservatives are starting to sort of outweigh the moderates, I notice, on the Republican town committee, which I, I like because I'm a conservative. But I enjoy the moderates and I like to work with them because at the end of the day, we need to be unified. And what I don't want to happen, and I will not let this happen, is I don't want to see one side chase the other side out of the party. We right. need to work with them. And yes, there are some moderates like you that are, are going the other direction or whatever it may be. Mitt Romney, for example. There are certain cases where, you know, I think Mitt needs to get out of the party now. You know, he, he's not he's not really uh, doing us much help. But we cannot, the Republican Party needs to show young people, suburban parents, people who tend to be a little more liberal, that we have a big tent and we are the future. And that's yeah. what I intend to do if elected chairman of my local party is I intend to let all the young people know that the Democrat Party is not going to give you a seat at the table. The Republican Party is. Well, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping if you get elected, and I'm hoping you do as the chair, right, and you do the right advertisement and the, the, the right way of getting the message out, you're going to draw people in your generation that's going to be more involved. That's the key. Mm -hmm. So we're... We're at the end of here. So any last words for your Connecticut friends and family? Um, and also, how do we reach you? Where do we go to sure. uh, talk with you? Well, first off, I would like to again thank you so much, Bud. 
getting this opportunity and the I was recently on Steve Stern's show who put us in contact and I have a couple of other shows that I'm going to be appearing on. To me, that is to me the most important thing because I can be here in Little Orange, Connecticut. I'm sure maybe no one's even known about the town of Orange before you watch this. But we have to get the word out. And so if there's ever any way I can help you with your movement, please let me know as well. But for me, you can reach me. So I'm on Instagram. It is, I'll send it to you in an email, but maybe you could put it up there, but it'll be Dominic underscore Lombardi 1776. And that's, um, I can be also reached on Twitter. It's D Lombardi 1776. And I'm on Facebook, Dominic Lombardi. You can also uh, find me on Truth Social, DL1776. I try to keep it the same. Um, So in closing, I would just like to say this. One year from now, we are going to be a couple of days away from a presidential election that is going to determine the fate of our country. And, and I know that they always say every election is the most important election. But I want people to think about what the last four years have looked like. What you're paying in gas, what you're paying in heating, what you're paying in grocery bills, your mortgage rates, your 401ks, you, the crime in your area, your ability to get things, material resources, the supply chain our stance in the world, has it gotten better? I don't think so. And I don't, when this country was founded, it was not popular to be a patriot and fight with George Washington as a uh, revolutionist. It was more popular to be a loyalist. But that did not stop public opinion of what was popular versus what was right. That did not stop George Washington, Alexander Hamilton, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, and many other people, including a young American who was from Milford, which is the town right next door to me. His name was Joseph Plum Martin, who was a young farmer, 18 years old, a lot like me, who was inspired by the the Revolutionary War and, and got involved and fought in the Revolutionary War. So my message to everyone here is, no matter who you are, where you come from, your social status, your economic status, if a 20-year-old kid like me could be running for town chairman, imagine what you all can do. We need to get up, we need to stand up, and we need to get involved and save this country. And Bud, I thank you again for having me on the program. Absolutely. It's a pleasure, Dominic. Don't go away. I'm telling you, you and I will stay connected and I'm going to join and follow you on your Twitter and Truth Social. I, I don't do Facebook anymore. You know, it's it's a <laughs> a thing that the old people don't do anymore. But but I will definitely uh, connect with you and I'm looking forward to getting back with you as you get closer to uh, your election time and providing a. Uh, a, you know, a media platform where you can go and and promote to get you uh, voted into that position. So thanks again for coming on. Have a wonderful day, Dominic, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you, bud. God bless.
God bless you, sir. I wish the buck was still silver And it was back when the country was strong Back before Elvis, before the Vietnam War came along Before the Beatles and yesterday when a man could still work and still would It's the best of the free life behind us now The good time's really over for good I wish Coke was still cola And a joint was a bad place to be It was back before Nixon lied to us all on TV. Before microwave ovens, when a girl could still cook and still would. It's the best of the free life behind us now. The good time really over for good I'll be rolling down a hill like a snowball headed for hell With no kind of chance for the flag or the liberty bell I wish a Ford and a Chevy but still last ten years like the should. Right. The best of the free life behind us now. The good times really over for good. Let's make a Ford and a ship that would still last ten years like the should. Cause the best of the free life is still yet to come. The good times ain't over for good.